Hello to everybody that lives in Morgantown, West Virginia. We wanted to let you know that we're going to be doing a live show this Thursday, November 10th at 6.30 p.m. on the campus of WVU. There is information at a link in our show notes as well as on our Instagram bio or in our link tree. You can check out that link and register. Even if you aren't a student or faculty at WVU, you are able to attend. We actually got the event open to the public. It originally was not, and now it is. So check that out. We would love to see you there. We're going to be going through the election results and talking about that and uh, talking about the future of West Virginia as well as Appalachia. So you don't want to miss this. So check it out and join us this Thursday. And with that being said, here's a message from our friend the Space Gal on voting. Just a quick reminder that that guy who bullied you from high school, he votes. Your uncle, who believes that the moon landing is a hoax, he votes. Your friend's racist grandma, she votes. She votes. Your estranged aunt, who is severely homophobic, she votes. And she gets all of her friends to vote, too. Just in case you were wondering if it was worth the effort tomorrow. Election day is today. If you're, uh, if you're listening to this right now, you haven't voted... Turn this shit off and vote. Vote like your life depends on it. Vote. I voted. I have my sticker. I've got my hat. You need to get to the polls and vote today. Right. It is super important. Um, if you don't take it from anybody else, take it from us. Yeah. Well, we're, we're important. You know, we're kind of a big deal. Yeah. The trusted sources. Your trusted sources. Yes. I will have voted. I don't have my I voted sticker yet. I will have voted by the time you're listening to this. Uh, anyway, so Callie, election day, election eve. We're recording this on election eve right now. We've already done our, our I almost said prescriptions. Uh, <laughs> I already <laughs> done my prescriptions this morning. I, we already did our prescriptions. I almost said it again. Predictions last week, so we're not doing that this week. Um, but what we, yeah, yeah, we've got we're we're trying we're trying to go for for something a little bit more lighthearted than than our yes. predictions. Oh, and our list. Oh my this god, week, buddy, it is so. You had a great idea for a list. We're gonna do the most unhinged Democratic emails of the cycle. Again, one of the hardest lists I'm sure that we've ever had to come up with. Because <laughs> there's so, so many. Hard. I had dozens of emails dozens that i went through um and i think that uh i think you guys are gonna like this oh yeah i mean they're so good we've got that we're gonna be talking about two joes joe square joe biden's comments on coal plants joe manchin's response uh both of which both things i think mm -hmm. were unhinged this is a very unhinged episode i would say and uh, and we're going to be just sending you off on Election Day in hopefully a good mood, a better mood than it started. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so. I think it's going to be great. Um, when you go tag us in your pictures of your I voted uh, stickers, let us know if you voted because uh, we'll retweet you and we want to share that that all of our all of our listeners are voting are voting people. Um, you know, take take one sticker, take five like I do and wear them all back to back just on different days. Just keep it going. Yeah. Take all the stickers like Callie does. Uh, yeah, no, that's actually true. I did. Um, every time somebody asked me if I got an I voted sticker, you always say no. And then they hand you one. And yeah. then I just like I put it in my purse. And they're like, did you get your I voted sticker? I was like, oh, no, I did not And then like I picked two out of a bowl and like, you know, made it 
made it look like it was a, a sleight of hand and put those in. So yeah, I have like five iPhoto stickers. The, uh, the old people at the polling locations do have Callie's picture uh, <laughs> in their file so that when she comes up, they're like, no, don't give this girl a voted stick. She takes them all. I mean, what can I say? She's on a list. She's on a list. I am. It's like a no fly list, but it's a no I voted sticker list. Tonight, we're going to be doing a live stream of election results starting at 7.30 Eastern time. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, I think. We should be on all of them, God willing, that the uh, streaming service works. So check us out on either one of those. We'll be sharing the links, too. Don't worry. We'll have a war room set up. We'll have all kinds of analysis. We'll talk about everything. We've even got we've even got extra people who are going to be manning manning the uh, the news sites for us. So it's going to be right. legit. We got a team. We got staff yeah. on retainer for this. We're we're making it real. So come suffer through <laughs> it together with us. It'll be a lot of fun, even if it sucks, which it may. It may. The results may be terrible, but come suffer with us together tomorrow, or I guess today, uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Let's get into our unhinged emails. we got some wild ones. Absolutely bonkers. Let's start out number six, Callie. Uh, let it rip. All right. So um, this, again, it was really, really hard. But number five comes from our good friend, Charlie Christ out of Florida. Subject line, have you written me off? My favorite quote from this one is... Have you given up on me, Callie? My staff tells me that they've reached out multiple times because we're not on track to meet our final goal of the election. But with less than a day until our deadline, not enough people have answered the call, so we're still falling (laughs) short. And here's the best part. Maybe you're worried that you can't contribute enough to make a difference. That's understandable, especially with DeSantis's billionaire donors pouring <laughs> money into his campaign. But that was never our strategy. <laughs> well, first of all, I, I like the voice you read that in. I think that was very powerful. Uh, and I think that that was yeah, probably the you. voice that he, or rather the, uh, the firm in D.C. that he hired, wrote it for him in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I like this, okay, um, I like this because it's, as always, lead with desperation, lead with poverty, and lead with fuck the other guy. Right. <laughs> it's a classic Democratic fundraising technique. Make them feel bad. Make them think that you actually wrote this. To be like, my team have told me this. That's so classic. So like, I some of these I feel like are pretty predatory. Oh, absolutely. I know that Charlie Chris did not ask about me specifically oh, wait, i know didn't? that weird but i know i know um but my 85 year old uncle may not know that um and so like all the time i get people being like oh um callie i saw that they asked me personally for this should i give to them is this legit and i'm like no my darlings no it does not don't give. Well, moving in, this one, this next one is going to be number five. And this one, I think, particularly unhinged. I got it actually yesterday. Subject line Cora is selected on 11 6, 2022. All right, immediately hooked. What have I been selected for? What have I been selected for? I don't know. I guess Love I'm going to. Leading with the last name. I'm going to have to open the email because the only thing I see is your November 2022 
B. Like, what is, what is it? And then, in big letters, official Democratic leadership survey named Cora Charles State, Tennessee, already outdated. November 2022 booster vaccine survey. I've been I've been selected to to uh, give my opinion on the vaccine as of right now. Only X percentage of Americans have been vaccined, but to stop the GOP, we must get vaccinated because they intend to sue the White House. Lucky you. You got chosen. Yeah. However exclusive I feel, I'm not compelled to take action on this. I will say I've already got my vaccine. They're not going to take it away from me. They're not going to suck the blood out of my arm that I know of. Uh, So, Mm. and it's from Senate Democratic leadership. So I'm going to say weak sauce. Yeah. Yeah. That's a rough one. Our next one, uh, number four, is from AmeriPAC, which is Steny Hoyer's pack. Uh, Subject is Raphael Warnock's shocking developments, dot, dot, dot. This one, uh, this one actually was forwarded to me by by Danny. So I'll say, Danny, here's the situation in Georgia. Donald Trump will go berserk if Raphael Warnock beats his friend Herschel Walker in the critical U.S. Senate race. But right now, Trump is gleeful because one key poll shows the race is dead even. Democrats seem about to give up on this race and the election is tomorrow. Let me just say, this is not, Chuck, you're looking at this in front of you. This is not a typo on my end. They literally, they literally misspelled words and then put words (laughs) together. This race is one word. Um, and, and go berserk gleeful and dead even are in all caps. Yeah, so clearly they're spending a lot of time on this. They care a lot about oh, this course. fundraising email. Um, so, yeah, good job, Ameripac. I, I think they went berserk sending it. Uh, so one thing I want us to say, this one did not work for me, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. First of all, I don't want Donald Trump to go berserk. Yeah. That sounds horrifying. That sounds like he's going to nuke the world. That sounds like he's going to go to North Korea and fly planes. That sounds like he's going to drink a bunch of cyanide and throw it up on national TV. I don't know what it means. It could mean any, that doesn't even make any fucking sense, but that could be. So like, this is basically saying, Danny, you got to give us money so we can make Donald Trump go berserk. Already turned off by that. Second, I will give them credit for withholding information. That's an important thing to do in unhinged emails. Withhold bad information. Mm -hmm. What this said at the beginning is one key poll says the race is dead even. It ignored the fact that there's about 13 key polls that are all over the fucking place with this race. Right, right. It it is so perfectly done. Like, and and they don't link to the poll. They don't do any of that. Nah. Um, Hell no. Why the hell would they? they The only thing they're linking to is the donation. Exactly, exactly. And this one, it's really funny. This was um, a, a split donation. So your money doesn't even all go to Raphael Warnock if you make a donation it oh, of course splits not. it with Ameripac so like if you give a hundred bucks fifty dollars of that goes to Ameripac and who the fuck knows what they're doing clearly they're not writing good fundraising emails no no it's, they need to hire better copywriters that's what they want the money for yeah yeah <laughs> they need to hire hire somebody who's gonna proofread their goddamn emails yeah absolutely oh man but her emails uh Okay, so can I can I read the next one? Yeah, is that okay? absolutely. I feel like I can really amp up the drama. This is from Unite Democrats. 
I'm assuming that's a pack. It is. Subject, team, you didn't listen. <laughs> Coming out of the gate strong here. We told you, in all caps, that Warnock is facing grueling Republican attacks. We told you that his lead in the polls was fragile and can quickly come tumbling down. Now we're telling you that we're still way far behind on our $15,000 goal to save the Senate from MAGA control. Mm. First of all, this comes off like uh, uh, a blue checkmark liberal on Twitter. Yeah. I told you I was right because I saw a poll. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very, it's scolding. A lot of these fundraising emails, they're not, no, well, none of them are positive. It's all about the world burning down. And it's it's all about like them being like, we have been ringing the alarm for so long. And it's, it, they're, they're, it's desperation with a capital D. We've been blasting you with fire hoses so you'd Pay attention. <laughs> this is also coming off like, uh, like <laughs> this is going to be weird, but I'm going to go lean into this anyway. <laughs> it's like one of those weird sexual kinks, like financial domination of like, you stupid piece of shit. Give me your money, you <laughs> you pig. Yeah. No, I actually, I, I don't think that's weird at all. I think that that is so spot on. Yeah. There's humiliation, domination. Um, there's the, uh, like the, the classics of, of just making people feel inferior intellectually. <laughs> it's just, it's all, it's all in the playbook. What, the what's next, the... Oh, go ahead. Oh, what's the one where like, um, they get pleasure by inflicting pain. Oh, that's sadism. Yeah, I feel like every email is sadistic. Yes, I I think so too. I mean, you, to work in democratic financial politics, you have to be a sadist. You also yeah. have to be a masochist. Like you're just like both of those things. You like other people to feel pain, and you like to feel pain yourself. Like I I truly that's why there's such a shortage of people working in democratic financial politics because so there's no upside there's just no, no upside well and it's harder than republican politics because you don't you could in republican financial politics you just have to make three phone calls to three billionaires and you're good you're done yeah call this, it a day isn't it's like the next subject line is going to be like danny it's christian gray here right <laughs> Well, it's funny. I love the ones. The celebrity ones are really funny. They're not quite as unhinged because celebrities don't want to sound like politicians. So they're they're, they're like more like, hi, I really care about this race and you should care, too. But it's really funny. <laughs> some of the people that they get to do them. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this next one, I think this next one might be my favorite one. Um, the, the worst ones are like, this is Kerry Washington. You know what the real scandal is? Yeah. <laughs> Of course, you have to. You have to do that. Oh, God, this next one. Go. Yeah. Okay, so this. this is this just like picture in your mind. This is from this is your last chance dot 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 subject line to save them in all caps. <laughs> So this the whole email is all caps. Callie, today is the last day to make your contribution toward our $40,000 end of quarter goal. And we still have over $10,000 left to raise. Every wait, single wait, dollar. Wait, wait. <laughs> time out. 10100 
That's right. Sorry. Specificity matters. Right. We still have over $10,100 left to raise. Every single dollar helps support black Democrats. Please (laughs) rush a donation to the collective pack now. Callie, we know you've heard from us a lot this week, but it's critical that you understand what could happen if we don't reach our goal. Callie, if you rush a donation to the collective pack right now, you could be the one who saves our democracy from destruction. Please donate toward our $40,000 end of quarter goal now. This is this is peak <laughs> unhinged. I really yeah. I really like this one. It's got everything. It's got all caps. Did it get, wait, let me ask you a clarifying question. This is very important. Did it get flagged by the spam filter? It did not. It did It did not. This That's incredible because it's know. in all caps and did not get flagged by the spam filter. First of all, hats off to the person who wrote this. They really put time into it. They've got that. They've got the urgency. They've got absurd numbers. They've got race baiting. That's yeah. another important one to put in there too, they, apparently. They call me by name three times. Callie, do you not like black Democrats? Right. If you don't donate, you hate black Democrats. Yeah. It, it, and that was out of nowhere. It wasn't the yeah, rest of was- the email. The rest of the email did not mention other black Democrats. That was just, the, that was it. That was the only mention. Yeah, it's just like, like uh, can, can, we, uh, can we throw in a, a, a reference to black people? Uh, yeah, but just one, just one. Don't want to get too, too crazy with it, but one, throw one in there, first paragraph, let's do it. Also, don't reference any of them by name. No, no, no. Just <laughs> blanket term black Democrats, because who knows? Who knows? Because, like, you know, maybe they're turned off by Jim Clyburn, but uh, maybe they like other black Democrats. And, you know, we got to we got to, you know, pander to people. That's what yeah. Democrats do a lot of times, sadly. Uh, this is a good one. Um, I'm sure that it got a lot of donations. Um, I'm sure it didn't get any of your money because you're you're uh, savvier than that. Yeah. Um, should we do this last one? I, I, I want to try to do my best Nancy Pelosi impression. And yeah, you've got it. And it's got to be so dramatic. The last one. So I didn't put the one that I just read as, as the most unhinged, just because I feel like this last one, the drama mm-hmm. in it is peak drama. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm very, I'm very excited for you to read this one. Well, I'm glad that the, the final one, number one is one from Nancy Pelosi, because that is classic. Look, I, yeah. for a while, and I haven't done this in a while, but I was making fake emails. Um, I was making fake like uh, uh, Democratic emails, and um, they are all from that. Nancy Pelosi, and because the best ones, the most unhinged, come from her. And so this yeah. is, and, and, and I'll just say I'm, I don't have a great Nancy Pelosi impression, but I'm going to do my best. All right, this is from Nancy Pelosi, of course, the Speaker of the House, taking time out of her busy day to do fundraising emails. Absolutely, it was her that wrote this. As of 10 a.m., I personally reached out to you several times. Joe Biden asked for your help. Barack Obama called you to action. Kamala Harris sounded the alarm. Adam Schiff told you the stakes. And that's S-T-A-K-E-S. Mark Kelly made an urgent plea. Beto O'Rourke spelled it out. And he's good at spelling. That's how critical these 14 hours are. Daniel? (laughs) Oh, this is from Danny. Danny. (laughs) Tonight is the last major FEC deadline of the entire election. If we miss this goal, 
Our shot to win this election and build a majority so strong that Republicans regret ever coming out of the womb after our rights will go down the drain. Mm, Sorry, I, mean, I, just need, I need stuff. a minute. I need a minute after that one. Whew, I just really pulled at the heartstrings there. Yeah. Aunt Nancy stuff. coming out of the gate strong, name dropping, dim after dim. You got the president. You got the former president. You got the vice president. You got shifty shift. You've got a mass. You got a reason. fucking astronaut there, and you've got a person of color. Of course, two of them had to make or three shit. Well, okay, great. And through in a completely arbitrary, out of this left field, fourteen hour uh, time frame, which you know, I guess is plenty of time to to find your checkbook. Um, I I'm at a loss here. I think um, this is good. It's not her best work, but um, it's it comes off as extremely desperate and name dropping people left and right. Also. Adam Schiff doesn't make sense in there for me. When I look at this, I'm like, one of these things is not like the other ones. Like, I don't think that that one, like people aren't going to go to the polls or give money because Adam Schiff told us the stakes. I also, this is clearly geared towards people that were close, very closely following January 6th hearings. Because they're also like, nobody's going to know. Like, I would say, Obviously, the most recognizable names are Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Kamala Harris. After that, it's like Adam Schiff. If you're only if you're watching like the J six hearings, are you gonna know who he is? Mark Kelly, I guess if you live in Arizona, uh, Beto O'Rourke, yeah, probably, maybe, I don't know. Um, but boy, this is a uh, most people just know him as a failed presidential candidate. Yeah, and perennial loser, sadly. Um, which you know, yeah, yeah, the guy who didn't beat Ted Cruz, the guy who came very close, and we'll give him credit for that. But no, did not, did not beat him, did not win. The- Look, I like, I like Beto as much as the next person, but come on. At some point, he he came out in, on the cover of Vanity Fair saying that he was born to run. That was the cover of Vanity Fair <laughs> to announce his presidential run. You know, looking back on many things, hindsight is 20 fucking 20, baby. Mm. But uh, so that was good. That was a good list, I think. I'm glad that you put that together. If you have good unhinged emails, let us know. Tag us in them, send it to us. We'll we'll read a couple of them next episode just for the hell of it. Why not? Uh, we'll analyze them. Maybe yeah. that's what we'll do as a Patreon bonus. We'll start analyzing these emails. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, announcements. Well, we've got a live show this week at West by God Virginia University in Morgantown. It is now open to the public. So if you're in Morgantown, you can attend. It's going to be at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on November 10th. 2022 year of our lord and savior steve Irwin, and that is this thursday callie do you have any more details that you want to share well i have a, i have a special announcement about oh, it oh shit okay my mom is going to be there oh whoa anita pruitt in the flesh yeah, yeah. So big, day. big deal. Yeah, it's gonna be a big deal. If you want to meet her and you go to WVU, um, you should head on down. You can register uh, at the link in our our link tree uh, for that live show, uh, and I think it's it's just gonna be great. We're gonna be interviewing um, some WVU freshmen getting their take on the election, how they have felt about it, uh, going through 
being 18 years old. And I, I personally am really excited to hear what they think about the, the midterms, what they think about everything um, that's happened this year and really just kind of diving deep with them. Uh, so that's kind of what we're looking at is is looking at the next generation of voters, asking them the questions and and asking what they think about the future of Appalachia now that the midterms um, are, are over. So very exciting stuff. Very true. Yeah, check that link out. Uh, we'll also throw it in the show notes, too. Come hang out with us. It'll be a good time. If you don't want to meet us, at least you can meet Kelly's mom. So there's, you know, an incentive for everyone there. If you hate us, then you'll still like her. So there you go. Um, second, I must have lost my place here. Election live stream. We mentioned that at the top of the show. But, yes, please check that out tonight if you're listening to this on Tuesday. And if you're listening to it after Tuesday, you missed out. Uh, but we'll actually we'll probably post the video to it on our feed at some point anyway. We have new Patreon members. We're going to bump that to next week, uh, but you will be getting your limerick. Do not worry, and we're going to be putting more exclusive stuff out there soon. We're getting right back into it. I promise you all that, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're probably going to be leaning into it a little bit more now that Twitter is kind of going down the shitter. Twitter down the shitter. There you go. Uh, A little rhyme for you. So look out for that. Check it out. You can join for as little as a dollar a month. Patreon.com slash Latcha. Do that. And uh, let's... um, Let's get into it. This week, Danny flag. I think it was Danny, right? The flag, this story for us. Um, wild stuff. Okay, so presidents of the United States, I should say Democratic presidents, have historically made some um, not advisable statements on coal. It's a complicated issue, as we know. It's dirty energy. We don't like that. Uh, but it's union jobs oftentimes, sometimes, uh, unless you're working for someone like Don Blankenship or his ilk, in which case they want to be union and aren't allowed to be. But regardless, there's the coal jobs are people's livelihoods, regardless of what we feel about the impact of coal on the environment. And uh, we can both care about those people and their jobs while also pushing for a cleaner, greener economy. That's our take. And that should be the take of Democrats and uh, oftentimes, presidents get caught with their foot directly inserted into their mouth. Callie, yeah, would you you'd care think to, they would learn. You would think, you would hope, you would really think that at this point. Uh, Callie, do you want to you give a background of this, uh, this incident? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So there have been some serious old man angst vibes going around the last few days and most of it has been from one very predictable (laughs) West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin because on November 4th um, which was last Friday while addressing Viasat corporate headquarters in Carlsbad California President Biden made some remarks that gave me Vietnam style flashbacks to Hillary Clinton and made me fall to my knees and scream at the almighty will they never learn (laughs) so um (sighs) just just refresh your memory on on hillary clinton uh in march of 2016 while in ohio she said so for example i'm the only candidate who has a policy about how to bring economic opportunity using clean renewable energy as the key into coal country because we're gonna put a lot of coal miners and coal companies out of business right tim she was literally talking to then representative tim ryan oh i didn't realize that she was talking to him during those comments yeah um 
And so she said, and we're going to make it clear that we don't want to forget those people. But this this last part doesn't get it, nobody remembers that. All they said is all all that ran on the news was we're going to put a lot of coal miners and coal companies out of business. So yeah. on Friday, Joe Biden made the exact same fucking mistake. He said, <sighs> folks. It's also now cheaper to generate electricity from wind and solar than it is coal and oil. Literally cheaper, not a joke. Yeah, that, I was in Massachusetts. That, and that's true. Right, it is. He's, he's right there. I was in Massachusetts about a month ago on the site of the largest coal, old coal plant in America. Guess what? It costs them too much money. They can't count. No one is building new coal plants because they can't rely on it, even if they have all the coal guaranteed for the rest of their existence of the plant. So it's going to become a wind generation. And all they're doing is it's going to save them a hell of a lot of money, and they're going to use the same transmission line that transmitted the coal-fired electric on that that was jumbled that is literally verbatim what he said but he said last part we're going to be shutting these plants down all across america and having wind and solar so in the gobbledygook of what biden could or could not say and we'll roll the tape on this he said we're going to shut down these plants so it's going to become a wind generation and all they're doing is they're going to save them a hell of a lot of money and using the same transmission line that transmitted the coal-fired electric on. We're going to be shutting these plants down all across America and having wind and solar. Well, Chuck, can you just react to that for me for just a second? Then I'll, then I'll, take, it, then I'll take you to what Joe Manchin said. Yeah. So first of all, the comments from Hillary Clinton, in my mind it was clear that she was backpedaling in the moment because she realized she fucked up. Um... Yep. Now, was the reaction to that fair? Some of it was, but most of it probably wasn't. I think, um, but I don't know. I, it was a dumb statement. I'm not defending it at it all. Was. Uh, but that this is like the reality of the, the world that we live in today is like sound bites will, will travel on far beyond your statements and get taken out of context. It's sad. It's fucked up. Yeah. But that's the case. And you, you do have to be mindful of that in the way that you talk. And I think that the message of what Joe Biden, like the core message of like we have to transition our economy away from, uh, away from dirty energy and away from from expensive energy and non renewable energy is an important one. But oftentimes Democrats get screwed up, get wrapped around the axle, the metaphorical axle of their hybrid Toyota Priuses, with uh, lack of tactfulness, is what I would say. And this is an example of that. Never, ever lead with saying you're going to kill jobs. That's just not going to be a good thing to say. It's not popular. It's not good. And it's not a good message because that's the only takeaway anybody is ever going to have from that. It's like, oh, he's going to kill jobs. And that yeah. that's the thing is like... And also the hostility toward coal miners. Yes. Like they're sick of it. And and it's it's it is always the Democrats making this gaffe. And and I, I, I look, I want to see us change too. I want to see us moving toward renewable energy as well. But like get it together, people. Like how hard is it not to just shit on coal miners? Like how hard is that? It's not hard. It's 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 not hard. It's in fact very easy. And here's how you do it. You shit on the company. That's that's how it's done. You do that with everything. 
Like, that's, it's not the people working the manual labor job that's the problem. They're, in fact, the opposite of the problem. They're part of the solution. And that's where, that's like the yeah. rub of all of this. And it always has been. And I think there's, there's always been a lack of nuance in this debate. I have been part of that back in 2010 when I was blogging because I was very ignorant when I was talking about coal and coal mining and environmental movement. I'll admit that. I don't have any problem owning up to that. I don't care. Uh, and hopefully nobody will ever find those blogs. And if they do, so be it. But my point is, <laughs> is that there, if we have not learned yet, 2022, year of our Lord and Savior, Steve Irwin, when will we? I don't, right. I, and again, like I, Joe Biden known, serial foot in mouther, of course, but still like yeah. right before election. He's usually so good on these issues. Right. It's right before an election. And he's usually much better on workers. Right. Issues yeah. Normally this. his gaffes are like, racial. This is, <laughs> right. Like he's, he's not, he's not great. You know, let's just, we'll say it. He's not, but he's nobody's like, first is, choice on this show. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I feel like that is a hundred percent fair to say. And it's just for me, having seen this happen time and time and time again, it opens us up to the very rightful criticism that Democrats don't understand the working person, that Democrats aren't in tune with rural America. Like it just feeds into that stereotype. And I don't know about you guys, but what we talk about on this show, we believe is really important is that Democrats have to get out of their ivory towers and start being more involved with people on the ground. That's why we love Tim Ryan's campaign. That's why we love John Fetterman's campaign. That's why we love Sherry Beasley's campaign. And and those are the campaigns that we feel like are going to be winning campaigns. And when Joe Biden, the president, the standard bearer of the party, the leader of Democrats says shit like this, it does not help us. Especially right before an election where you actually have working class momentum in this country. That's something we, we, we didn't talk about last week, but something that could be undervalued in the polling is how much of a workers movement is happening right now, especially with unionizing. And this, this can yeah. take the air out of that balloon so quick. And it just is very frustrating. And I'm glad you mentioned John Fetterman because, you know, there's a similar um, issue with fracking in Pennsylvania. Nobody likes fracking. It's a terrible Nobody practice. Does. It's it's hor It's environmentally catastrophic. But you have a lot of union jobs tied to it, and you have to figure out a solution for those people. You can't just leave them high and dry because of, of larger environmental issues. And John Fetterman, to his credit, has been very smart about that. He was sounding that alarm in 2020, in fact, um, yeah. when when candidates were talking about banning fracking. And he's like, this ain't going to play in Pennsylvania. And it won't. And you have to figure out a more nuanced solution for that. I'm sorry. Like, the issues like this are not good for sound bites. They're just not. And, and, and you're better off not trying to put them into a speech. Yeah. And that's not being intentionally evasive. That's just the reality of it. It's a complicated issue. And people in Apple yeah. have to understand that. Like, they understand the com complexities of how important coal mining is to many people's families, but also how much of a anchor it is over the neck of West Virginia and other Appalachian states. 
Yeah, and and just for the record, I think it has to be addressed that this he said these remarks in California, and that also yeah, yeah I saw gives, that yeah yeah that also gives fuel to the fire of like oh they say one thing when they're in Appalachia and another thing when they're talking to their donors in in California exactly and mm-hmm. and so it, the optics of saying this at corporate headquarters of a big company in california it's just the whole thing is bad of a so, second communications company in california i think right yeah yeah so chuck then the most predictable thing in the world happened joe manchin uh beloved and hated senator from west virginia squatted to the ground <laughs> he howled at the full moon and shat an entire brick. On Saturday, November 5th, the day after Biden's speech, Joe Manchin's office released perhaps like the most angry and bombastic statement of his entire tenure as a senator. I've never seen him write anything like this. Uh, I'm going to read the whole thing because it's it's bonkers. This President is, Biden's comments. So thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, President Biden's comments are not only outrageous Wait, and out. divorced from... Hold on, hold, on, hold on, I just had to comment on what you just said. <laughs> Howled at the moon and shat a brick. <laughs> I love that. I'm sorry, that was... The imagery of just Joe Manchin <laughs> on his on his houseboat. I'm not going to call it a yacht. It's fucking houseboat. And it's it kind of looks like a, a... Kind of like a fancy redneck houseboat. Yeah. On the Potomac, right out in front of of farmers, fishers, bakers, and Georgetown, squatting on his squatty potty, <laughs> shitting a brick, looking at the beautiful full moon. I'm sorry to everybody listening about that painful imagery. I thought, you know, I was just going for it. Um, I'm glad. I'm. You go for it. Keep going. <laughs> just let it rip. Like he let so, that rip. Yes. Yes. So his, his this is his statement. President Biden's comments are not only outrageous and divorced from reality, they ignore the severe economic pain the American people are feeling because of rising energy costs. Comments like these are the reason the American people are losing trust in President Biden and instead believe he does not understand the need to have all-in energy policy that would keep our nation totally energy independent and secure. It seems his positions change depending on audience and the politics of the day. Politicizing our nation's energy policies would only bring higher prices and more pain for the American people. Let me be clear. This is something the president has never said to me. Being cavalier about the loss of coal jobs for men and women in West Virginia and across the country who literally put their lives on the line to help build and power this country is offensive and disgusting. The president owes these incredible workers an immediate and public apology, and it is time he learns a lesson that his words matter and have consequences wow this is like there has never been a more forceful statement issued by this man and like i get it 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 merits a statement from it, it makes sense for for a statement about this to come out from senior u.s senator from west virginia and and, and totally right but like it's just funny to me like how forceful bombastic completely just like pearl clutching taken aback joe manchin is by this like you could you could topple the Mothman statue a la Saddam Hussein statue 2003 in Baghdad 
on the streets of Point Pleasant, and he would not have a response. Like, you could crucify Jesus Christ himself in the West Virginia State Capitol as people wipe their asses with pepperoni rolls, and he would not issue a statement as 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 incisive and chastising as this. He's <laughs> pissed. So, yeah, like, I mean, but this just shows how fucking pussy-whipped he is by coal companies, too. It does. It does. There's there there are definite sides to this. I I think this is a, a looking at it as an operative. I think this is a perfect statement. It hits every point. It hits it, it hits everything that you want to see from a statement. It calls for action. It, it's a great. Oh statement. yeah. It makes sense for him to issue it. One hundred percent. Yes. And, and it's perfectly written. But my God, like it what it was like it was a it was a little comment. You know, it was a gap. <laughs> It's just like, it's so, it's, again, it serves his interests 100%. It makes absolute total sense why he issues it. I wouldn't personally, because I'm not pussy whipped by big coal. But, like, this guy, I mean, my God, he, the man, on brand. What I've always said about Joe Manchin, love him or hate him, most of the time we hate him, but boy, he's one hell of a politician. (laughs) He is, that is who he is to his core. Yeah, I mean, this this is going to be read over and over and over on Fox News. Oh, He's yeah. going to get all kinds of press from this. What? He's going to get to be in the news, which is his favorite thing. Oh, he likes to it. keep himself front and center, and this statement does just that. This is actually really interesting timing, though, because uh, polling recently came out from, I want to say Morning Consult, that did like a 50-state poll of U.S. senators, and they showed that, that Joe Manchin's favorability— and just his polling numbers dropped like like 15 points or something within the span of, I want to say like three months. I might be getting that wrong, but like it tanked pretty tremendously. He was, he was fairly popular. He was one of the most popular senators in the country, particularly in his state. Um, and so this is really interesting timing. It makes, to- again, makes total sense for him because he's going to be up for re-election 2024. He needs to repair his numbers if he's going to have any chance in West Virginia of winning with a D next to his name. So this all, I mean... It checks out for him. And I'm like, if I'm Joe Manchin, I'm issuing this statement. But I'm just saying, like, we all know who he is. And this comes as no surprise. And it's just funny how bend over backwards so much that he herniates a disc just like like for these companies. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 bonkers. I I do want to spend a moment speculating with you. do we think that Manchin is going to run again for senator, or do we think that he's going to run for governor? Uh, oh, um, well, he did toy with running for governor in 2020? No, yeah, 18. I, it might have been 18. I, I remember he put out a bunch of, like, he did a lot of uh, yeah, like, research, yeah. and yeah, a lot was coming out about that, yeah. That's a great question. Uh, well, first of all, it's Joe Manchin loved being governor. That I mean, as much as he loves getting wined and dined at Cafe Milano, um, and getting visited from lobbyists from Exxon, his he likes being governor because he likes being in charge, uh, and he likes being a decision maker and having the power. So that's a good question. Um, here's what I'll say. I don't think he ran in 2020 because the legislature is not going to be favorable to him in West Virginia. 
not like it was when he was governor back in was like what like oh six maybe oh six i think 2010 is when he took over for when he won the special election for bird seat so yeah the legislature was way friendlier had way more democrats he could get way more done there and it was uh, more just like a bipartisan environment it was an environment that was suited for him to be governor um and so running up against an, an incumbent republican and a questionable year for Democrats in 2020 didn't make much sense for him. And if he's governor, he couldn't probably do that much anyway. So I think um, I think that informed his well. And you know, he knew that he was going to have significant. There was a very good chance he would have significant power in the Senate because he's a critical vote, and he still is. So I will tell you this: I think it's going to depend on what the makeup of the Senate is coming out of 2022, coming out of this week today. And what the prospects are going into 2024 and how that's going to shake up for West Virginia. I don't know. I think, like, it's hard to tell. I, I also think it's going to depend on, like, his poll numbers. Yeah, uh, my my concern is that my concern is that West Virginia is moving in a red direction, kind of like Ohio. And I'm I am curious that if he does initial polling, initial like research, uh, voter research, that he might find that he doesn't have the support necessary. So I I am I'm actually quite curious to see if if he can even hold a Senate seat. I, I think obviously if if it were me, I think the more powerful choice, the better choice is to do a Senate seat because he is that critical vo- vote. He is a national voice rather than a, a local one. So I think it's definitely that's the that's where the power is, but I am I am dubious that there's going to be another re-election tangible for him yeah and he's also going to be 77 what? when that election yeah i just looked it up he's 75 now. i did not realize that he was that old yeah i did not either that's wild yeah so he's going to be pretty old yeah um so maybe i don't know he might retire i'm not sure it's hard to tell with him but he also i mean 75 is like middle-aged for the senate so that's true (laughs) it's hard to tell i don't know i really don't um because he's gonna be pretty old and uh you know i don't think it's gonna be a good prospect for him to run for governor i just really don't so maybe he retires takes a post as like a a chair or something of a university (laughs) Uh, probably yeah or just cashes out and moves to to like the French Riviera or something. That sounds very on brand for him. Yeah. Deuces I don't know. Up. It's a good question. Um, but like with this uh, wrapping up on this thing about Cole, like what, what do you think um, Biden should do? Do you think he should come out and issue a statement clarifying this? Like, what do you think should happen? Use your political operative brain that I know is Ooh. so finely tuned. Um, good question. If it were me, I would not issue a statement on that in particular. I would just have him do several visits to some like union coal union places and have him come to West Virginia and do kind of like um, not an apology tour, but an outreach tour um, and and really hone that message. The question is, like, is Biden capable of hold of, of honing that message at this point? Look, look, y'all like I, I Biden is slipping. I, I mean, I really think he is like he's he's not as 
he's not as direct and sharp as he was when he was vice president. And so, you know, I, if, if, if he can do it, then I would just say like, come and visit Pennsylvania, Southern Ohio, West Virginia, do a few of uh, speeches here and, and clarify those statements without apologizing for what he said. I would never say sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's interesting. It's an interesting point. I would, um, I would encourage him to go down to uh, Brookwood, Alabama, and uh, do a rally with the coal miners there yeah. who have been on strike for over 500 days and uh, show support that way because that kills two birds with one stone because you can play bully pulpit against big coal companies yeah. that are, you know, manipulating the entire system down there. Uh, not that he's popular in Alabama, but still it's showing support for working people. Yeah, I'm with you. I hope he doesn't run again because I, I think he's slipping too. I don't think he's on his A game. I mean, he's, as far as like his administration goes, like they've been effective yeah. legislatively. Yeah, in yeah. The past I, two I, years. Like, I like that. Amazingly mm -hmm. so, surprisingly. Um, I mean, obviously, like we want them to be more progressive. They could have done more, but getting, you know, a stimulus package passed, the infrastructure bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, the CHIPS Act, those are all like. All amazing. Big. Huge. Big humongous things my my wife works um in broadband for one of them uh uh well not for them but like they're they're focused heavily on like in, uh infrastructure bill yeah. there was a ton of money for broadband and broadband mapping and all that like like really important investments that republicans are now taking credit for mm -hmm. um have been for a long time that's why that's how good it is uh, but it, it is it's just yeah i don't think I don't, I don't, I'm not going to go out there and say, oh, he's got dementia or this stuff. I don't know. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But he's just not sharp. He's not. He's not. He's not on it. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. We shouldn't speculate about that. And I, I also, I don't think he's like that bad. It's just that it, it, it's for, for me, there's no, there's nothing like an incumbent advantage. So we love that. But at the same time, I, I just I'm so sick of the every it's the last three elections that we've had for president have been like when elected they would be the yeah. oldest president in the history of the United States and it ha that was from 2016 to 2020 and now to 2024 and that's depressing for somebody who is young and who wants to see more of, of my ideas out there on the table. And I agree with you. I love what the administration has done. I think that he's chosen really smart, capable, awesome people to be in the administration. But I am just ready for somebody who maybe has a more youthful take. Um, do I want that person to be Kamala Harris? No. <laughs> Same. Um, I, I'm not not a big not a big fan of prosecutors. Tbh, um, spoken like a true wife I, I would, of, a, of a public defender. <laughs> that's that is true, um, but I, I I just I really want to see I really want to see more from you know even Gen X like where is their voice and where's our voice as millennials? I think that the first Gen Z congressman was just basically yep, elected Orlando Val Deming's um, district because he won that he. Yeah, he won. He won the primary, and it's a heavily Democratic district. I love that. I I want to see that, and I want to see. You know, it's not for me. It's not the like. I don't really like the squad either. AOC and Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. They're not my bag, but I would love to see more people, even like. You know, we see potentially a Cory Booker like that's somebody that I could really believe in and get behind, and who is young and who has 
all of the tools at their disposal to to be an incredible candidate. Um, so I don't know. That's that's kind of where I'm yeah, at right now. I don't I don't know who would be good, but yeah, I think we need somebody that's like like younger with and this is not like being ages it's just a fact we need somebody that's younger that has fresh ideas that has is more in touch with with yeah. regular people the problem like with someone like joe biden is he's been in dc for 50 years you know he's been yeah. out of touch with like the real world for a long long time i want somebody that's had more experience with everyday people and ideally yeah. that's not been in the senate but you know whatever um you know, I'm I'm pulling for Big Gretch out in Michigan. I think she'd be a great great pick, but I don't know. And I also am worried that he's going to run again. I don't know. And 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 they're going to be up against Donald Trump. I know it's kind yeah. of morphing into a 2024 conversation, but Donald Trump is going to announce pretty much immediately after the midterms. I think, from what we've heard. Oh, I know. I kind of like it. I. <laughs> oh, there's an actual th- date I'm, on it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I've I've heard the 14th is that's what the, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I'm hearing on the 14th, um, which is just so fucking exhausting. I'm very tired um, just thinking of it. But yeah, I mean, I think we have to start talking about this now because it's happening right now. Like it, it, it is. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, but but like you're right. Like it, the the time is now. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I I'm I'm certainly thinking about it. It's on my mind, um, and I just. I really hope that we're able to come together and to build a bigger tent and to to really do the coalition work that needs to be done to take on somebody like Trump again. Um, you know, we can't just hope that he dies. I've heard so many people saying like, oh, he's so old. I hope that he dies. <laughs> I'm serious. I've heard that from so many people. Oh, I'm, I mean... Dude, the guy crushes McDonald's on like a regular basis, and he's what seventy five. Like, if that has not killed him yet, it's not going. Like, to. I think he's even older than that. Let me see. He's yeah, he's seventy he six. Well, he's about to. He's literally about to turn seventy seven in June. Um, yeah. so. <sighs> so he'd be like seventy. Yeah. Eight. Or seventy nine yeah. took office. Seventy eight, yeah. So I don't know. Not not a fan. Um, obviously for other reasons too. But I do. I, I I don't. I don't intend to sound ageist. I just. I what I would like is to have a chance. I want the younger generations to have a chance to get our ideas out there and to get our issues on the table. And I think that that's important. And I I do think that this generation of politicians has really struggled to build the bench and really struggled to bring up leaders with them. Um, you know, we don't know what the bench is. We don't see an alternative right now. So that's what I think is, is really problematic. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. We'll we'll be keeping heavy tabs on that as we progress through and do 2023 and 2024 Mm. buckle up. (laughs) Get ready, and we'll be we'll be with you there. We'll do this together, and it's gonna be painful sometimes, but we're gonna be there for you, and we're gonna have some jokes along the way. So don't yep. worry. So get out and vote today. That's our final message. Get out, vote. Yes, thank you all for listening. Get out and vote if you haven't already. And if it's past election day, hopefully it wasn't as terrible as we're preparing for it to be. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you again next Bye. week.